0: From ministry to Hollywood, and all things in between, actor T.C. Stallings helps us explore today's issues through a biblical lens. Let's dive in to TCS Live.
1: Hey, hey, what's going on, Team T.C. family? want to welcome you to another episode of the TCS Live show. I am your host, T.C. Stallings. Every week, coming at you from the Edify Network. And I am excited, as always, to be with you guys. And this topic that I want to talk about is one that is just so important. And because I think we're going to have a lot of good information, I don't want to waste any time. I'm going to jump right into it. I'm talking about leaving a legacy, a Christ like legacy for our children. It's so important, especially with everything that is going on today. Uh, I definitely wanted to talk about this and give some encouragement. Now, as you know, normally when I do my show, I don't have a whole lot of guests. My show isn't really, really guest heavy. But as I was getting ready to record, um, a person popped in my head. And this is like one of my best friends. Um, His name is Jason Earls. He's a comedian. So comedian, Jason Earls. And if there is one brother that just is so, so locked in when it comes to family, it is this brother. I've been knowing him for several, several years now. Um, honestly, if I can break it down, uh, him with another uh, brother in my life that I that I have here, it's part of the reason that I even came to this state. I'm in Texas now. Just to be even a little bit closer in proximity um, to this brother um, and another brother, but they are just such great examples of a family man. Jason Earls in particular is just really this is this is just his lane in terms of uh, dealing with family. But again, you can check Jason Earls out if you're unfamiliar with him in any way. Check him out at www.jasonearls.com. He's a funny comedian, but he's a be- he's just an even better person, just period. You know, like I would hope people say I'm a better person than I am anything else. I can say that about Jason Earls. Um, his wife, his children. But I ain't gonna kill all his thunder, you know. I'm just gonna bring him in and then we can get this thing going. But uh so I wanna welcome in Jason Earls. So we gotta hit him up on the TCS live line and get him in. So let's get him on. PC to the What's up, man? <laughs> no man i'm 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 glad you're free i'm glad you're free i i i was uh i was telling everybody that I, i didn't even plan to have a guest for this show but as i started to work on it and started literally i started talking and shooting i'm like there's there's no better person to jump on here with me and talk about family than you i was like, i gotta call my boy and i'm just like we brothers so i'm like if he. Yeah, unless unless this brother is is somewhere doing something the Lord called him to do, he going to jump on here with me. So I'm glad you're free, man.
2: Absolutely, brother. That's how we do. I'm
1: here. I love it, man. Now, you, I didn't, I like I said, I didn't, I didn't get into your family structure or anything like that because no one describes this stuff better than you. Before we even get going and talking about, you know, living, leaving a Christ-like legacy for your children and for the next generation, tell tell people just a little bit about your family then i'm gonna jump into how you grew up and then we just bounce it off each other but just tell them about your current crew right now
2: no doubt so my wife and i we've been married for 20 years we got we got half a dozen baby their names are aaron alexandria alicia andrew akeem and anaya that's my first time making straight a's yeah so but i actually did make straight a's in college you know at least one semester so uh yeah but that's my squad man mom um, aaron is uh at this point it's 19 mm. and i say at this point cuz you know we never know when people going uh listen to this podcast 19 17 16 13 11 and 9 those are the ages and dude you um uh, man you calling me i guess it's god's divine appointment cuz uh man i just love talking about man my family and but not more so than my family just God's divine plan why He's given us this ability to um, reproduce children or adopt children or foster children. You know, we we had all of ours the organic way though.
1: That's what i about yeah. to say. It, the, yeah. the other thing, <laughs> now G, these are these are not GMO kids. These yeah. <laughs> these yeah. are all oh, all man. organic. All his kids yeah. got the the green label on them. If you see, they all got the USDA organic label.
0: Absolutely.
2: But the crazy thing is, man, it's like we've always thought, like, man, God's blessed our family. with the crazy amount of love, we've miscarried twice. And uh, sometimes I look at family pictures like, yo, somebody's missed. And I just think, you know, so it's like, Lord, do you want us to adopt? Do you want us to force? I don't know. But I know one way to really re- reset and shift somebody's perspective on the kingdom and family is when they come from a busted family environment and you bring them inside your imperfection and allow people to see how God has sanctified and and fixed your family up. I think that, that's transformative
1: for sure and you know it's funny that you mentioned that because obviously and I and I guarantee you, you probably hit on this whether it be at a, a conference when you're speaking or something but when you, you hit that thing that nerve that people are listening about that miscarriage that's that's a that's a for sure a podcast for a whole nother day because man I can only imagine the healing that had to go into that the, the healing that continues to go through yeah that's what I was gonna ask you <laughs> Dude, if you, first of all, a, a, a interesting question just came to my mind. Do you think had had that worked out, would you have six or eight?
2: I probably would, I probably would have six.
1: Mm-hmm. I, just,
2: mm-hmm. I say everybody has their number. Some people's number are one. Some people's number is none. Some people's number is two. Dude, our number is six. With six and two possible, like space. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> You know, so we do say that we have eight, two of them just went to heaven. But, you know, Stu, seven here on earth would have broke my back. I think with six, I'm currently at my capacity of discipleship mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, in-house and legacy
1: building with them. You know, with, you know, some part-time with their friends who come over, nieces and nephews. But in terms of the 24-7 care, yeah, bro, Um I tapped out. bro. I, I think the, the coolest thing though, we made the joke about you know organic and non-GMO and everything, but man, on the real, those are all your children. They these are these are not, you know, and and not to knock any situation where, you know, it's it's a mixed and blended family because there are so many blessings within that as well, depending on how it came together. But it's just something to be said when you're able to be blessed enough to be married to one woman and you are able to be a father to uh, all six children are all it's just all in that one unit it's just a blessing like i said it's not a knock when it when it happens differently because i'm a part of a family that was like that and i know some amazing people who are part of families like that or are leading families like that but it's just something to be said when it all works out to where it starts with with two people and all the children come and are with those same two people it's just a blessing to be able to do that so just praise god for that but what about your 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 Upbringing, because the whole point here is the leaving a Christ-like legacy. I think, well, I know for sure that is something we're struggling with in this country, and yeah. just in a lot of different places is just not realizing that at some point we all will be gone, and these kids that we're raising up is going to be the next people. And notice, I'm focused on Christ-like legacy because that's the one I'm most concerned with. Is is yeah. a Christ like Christ like legacy. Cause you know, the world has its own rules. We aliens here, but we we talking about people that's continuing to spread who Christ is until he come back. And I just don't want us to blow that. That's why I'm just like, let's right. talk about what's going on in the world, you know, but starting off with how did you come up?
2: Yeah, I, I was I'm glad you asked that question because I was about to cut you off when you were saying what you said, because I wanted to paint a picture of Man, the, like the dad that I had. Mm-hmm. So I had an amazing, I have an amazing dad. Uh, and my grandfather was consistently present in my dad's life. Both my my dad um, he grew up with the same, you know, mom and dad and household parents, you know, never divorced. But my granddad wasn't there all the time. He was old school. By the time my dad was born, my granddad was 56 so so imagine a, a guy growing my my grandfather was born in 1906 that's just a whole different mindset when he became you know 56 uh oh, 50 52 i'm sorry and had my dad so like my my dad was an
0: athlete but my granddad never showed up at games neither did my grandmother my grandmother was 46 when my dad was born mm-hmm. so by the time my dad's in high school she has late fifties and early sixty parents. No, mm. they won't go into nothing.
2: And my dad, my dad was always like, "Man, when I have kids, I'm gonna make sure that I'm there for them." Mm. So there, there are a lot of things that my dad did for me and my brother, my sister, that came out of his desire from when he was a child. So I remember one time, my dad, the the family pattern was take my brother out of school first, then take my sister to the daycare, then drop my mom off work, and then he would go to, to his job. But one day, he took my sister to, uh, to the daycare, took my mom to work, and my brother now I were in the backseat like, oh, stop! Where to go back to school! Right. Stop, stop. <laughs> and dude, my dad, he, he took my mom to work and then he went up to our church. He wasn't a pastor at that time, but he, uh, man, he just started cleaning up the church uh, the pastor's study for the pastor. And then he set us down on the pastor's study. He was like, you know what? When I was little, I wish my dad would have just taken the day out of taking me out of school for one day mm-hmm. and spend
1: time with me. He said, so today I'm taking y'all out of school just to spend some time with y'all to let you know that your dad loves you. That's awesome. See, and, and, I I will contrast that it's so crazy. And this is why this is you just just a great person to talk to about this because I knew about your like how tight you were. I didn't know that story. That's awesome, but I just knew you and your dad was were, were, were tight. I remember jumping on a live that you had where your dad was just coming in and imparting wisdom. Y'all were doing a live together where y'all was just talking about, you know, Christ and and just in how you, how uh, he and your mother met, just just everything. Well, with me I didn't meet my dad until I was 19. That's just the funny thing about this. I didn't meet my dad until I was 19 years old. You know, um, I was literally, I had just earned my scholarship to the University of Louisville. And my mother knew I was getting ready to drive off. Uh, well, actually not drive off. They were taking me. We were getting drive off. And, and, and before we did that, she said, do you do you want to go see your dad? Literally just out of the blue. Do you want to go see your dad? And I'm like, absolutely. I had never met him. And I was 19. Yes. Dude, what was
2: like explain to me all
1: of the emotions. Man. I'm probably sure you had eight thousand emotions oh. you, from the time she said, Do you want to go see your dad? And then till you said yes. My heart dropped, bro. My my, my right. heart literally fell into the floor. It's it, it, like I felt how can I you know how like when someone tell you like, um, you you're gonna ride a roller coaster f- for the first time today. And you get that <laughs> immediate feeling. Or you know, <laughs> that's how I felt or 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 when someone call you like you've been waiting for an audition or something but like I don't really get it that much no more but back in the day you wait on an audition and you the phone ring and you see you know it's just Disney or whoever oh man it's just that feeling of this is it and that's kind of how I felt when she said do you want to see your dad my my stuff just dropped like my everything just dropped and uh, I'm like, yeah, I didn't even first didn't know how to answer. But then I'm just like, well, yeah, I've never. So, man, we the drive over just felt long. And we, you know, it's just I'm like and we're walking down the hallway to his apartment. He lived had in his you, apartment. Wait,
2: wait, wait, had you known first? Like, did you know that your dad was still living or?
1: I, I knew he was still living, but my dad was. Okay. See, it's funny. You talk about your, your dad and he's he, he is literally the the a 180 from my father. My father used to uh, kind of he's abused my mother. Like my, you know, she, she, she left him the, like a couple weeks before I was even born. Cause he just wasn't, he was really messed up and he's okay. Now we talk and everything, but back then he was all messed up. So I, she, her, she kept him away from me and for my own safety and for her own safety, he, he couldn't have raised me. That's, that's a point for later too. He just couldn't have, uh, it was best that he was, he wasn't in my life, um, so I knew that he was around. It was just for all these years, we he literally, every now and again, she'll say, you look just like your daddy. Yeah. Or you you got, you know, or every now and again, something would come up, but nothing like this. I, I don't even know where it came from for her to just come out and say that, you know, I guess she felt like she was wrestling with the fact that I'm getting ready to go to a whole other state, you know, six, seven hours away. This is the real deal. You, you probably need to see your dad before you go or whatever. And I'm just like, Okay. But man, it's so funny. When we got there, now it's funny you mentioned how oh, my my dad's a lot older than my mom. So he he was like in his 60s or whatever. Dude, what's up with our, our, our <laughs> dad's grim- <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Maybe they, be, they be getting they be getting out the gate late. <laughs> Robert, they <say> <laughs> <laughs> exactly, man. So can you imagine he's all you know, he missed my whole childhood. He's, he, he Like, he was gray and everything. He had salt and pepper hair. And yeah. and, I, and it was just... But the funny thing about it was when we got there, he started telling me the story of, 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 of how he was messed up and, you know, he's better now and everything. Man, all my excitement just went out the window. For, like, listening to... It was like... It was like... I guess I expected more. All he told me was, you know, things happen and, you know, so-and-so um and and just in my mind my mind literally just went to louisville man because you know that's where i was heading for college all of us in my mind all i could think about was playing football at louisville and and it hurt me more than it inspired me so it actually wasn't that storybook meeting it was just a bunch of um really bad excuses at the time and i left discouraged
2: dude so what what do you wish you would have said
1: I kind of, I kind of wish there, and remember I'm a 19 year old kid and I kind of wish there was a better excuse for why you didn't want to come for me all these years. Like it's one thing for me to come after you, but it's another thing for a grown man who has a son out there. Actually, I'm one of six of his children. Um, I'm his youngest boy and it's like, you should want to come find me, Like you should, you should track me, track me down. Um, Not me, because for me, I didn't even know he existed, you know, until she started to talk about him. So it's hard for me to have a spot in my heart for somebody I barely even—I didn't even know his middle name. Like I didn't know enough about him.
2: First of all, dude. We boys and I didn't know the depth of the story to so right now, so I got a bunch of questions.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we don't flipped it around. This is this is the Jason Earl podcast right here on the Edify Network. I'm sorry. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> no, very this, very sorry. this is perfect. This is perfect, bro. I, hey, I'm good. <laughs> Dude, so. All right, so, like, do you want to like, go ahead? Go ahead, man. Go, go for it. <laughs> There's a lot of I'm people. Sorry. A lot of people are probably thanking you right now because they don't they don't know.
2: Right. So so first question the second one is a setup because i'm thinking about other dads
1: too right but
2: the first one is like dude when your mom would say you look just like your dad what would that do for you when before you met it was like boy you look just like your dad how it, would that make you feel
1: the very first time when she would say stuff like that it, it would it would have curiosity like huh and i had one picture of the guy one picture yeah. and uh I, you know interesting but what i would see is that she didn't say that a lot of times, in such a way where it made her happy, because she didn't uh, have a she didn't have a fondest m- memories of him, you know. But she couldn't ignore the fact that when she see me, she saw him. Like it's just a, a cute thing, like yeah, you. But you, you know, or she'd say, "You you got if I said something slick, or I said something intelligent, or say she she it was almost like at those times she would think about his qualities, the things that made her like him. Did
2: it did it did it bring you a sense of affirmation?
1: No man, it honestly, is the weirdest thing. This is what I struggled with for all, all those years. Is is the few times that she would mention him, it would, it in that moment, it'd be, huh, man, it it would just go right out. Like my heart did not grow curiosity, and it was, and that's why I say it's hard to love someone who don't put a stamp in your world. Like it, it, it was hard for me to even remember that he existed. If she didn't bring him up, I would forget that I even had a dad. Like literally, that's that's how it, that's how it was. He, like Up until that point, I had never seen him and maybe only heard his name get talked about maybe three or four times. So no I, I was hoping that he would say something that gave me a better reason for him not coming for me. And, there, and what he gave me was he had zero reason for not coming for me, I'm wondering what, what I'm doing. And most of his stuff was just about trying to make himself kind of look good in the moment you know, and uh, all I could celebrate was the fact that he wasn't on drugs anymore. He was helping other people rehab themselves that were where he was. That's kind of what he does for a living. And I appreciated that, but as for me, it was like, I, I have no room in my heart to start getting sad. Cause I start getting sad, and I'm just like, nah, I don't have no room in my heart for that.
2: So I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about the dads and maybe even moms who've blown it with their kids, who might not who may be uh estranged from their kids, and listening to the story, like, okay, they hear, like, man, yeah, I need to meet my child. But they don't have, like your dad, like he didn't have a, like he were, they, all they had, they don't have good reasons, good things to say. Like, if they meet their kids, they will probably give a bunch of excuses. So they hear you say, man, I wish he would have told me some positive things of why he didn't come and get me. They don't have that. So what should
1: they do? Well, this is the cool thing, how, how the Lord, and this is what I love, the Lord don't need anybody's cleverness to work stuff out because here's what ends up happening. I go to college. Um, I'm playing football at Louisville. I'm doing some great things. I'm making the national headlines and all those kinds of things. From that one moment, he starts to follow what I'm doing. Now he's at his office collecting my news clippings, collecting. Now I don't know none of this is going on. He's collecting my news articles, collecting But what's funny is when people come into his office and say, who's the boy, he feels bad and don't have any encouragement to say, that's my son. It's like, it was one of the hardest things because he feels like I had nothing to do with him growing up. I never threw one pass to the kid. I never taught him anything. And it's like, I never even come for him. Now I'm so proud of him, but I feel weird claiming him because it's almost like I'm only doing it because he did something so I find out, and I'll tell you how. Throughout all, all those years, he had been wanting to contact me. Said, "I saw you know, I saw your game against Kentucky, or I, I saw like you know, whatever." And you know, I started to do things. I'm doing movies. And all this, like he's seeing these things, but does, but has a hard time dealing with it. So here's the deal. What was my first movie? First movie I ever did was Courageous. What was the topic of the movie? Shit. Fatherhood. It was about fatherhood. And when I got when I saw the script and I read it, and then I started doing interviews for it. I got convicted because the movie was about healing and reconciling and all of that with dads and all of that. And I hadn't done it with mine. And I knew that people would be that they would be asking me to go speak and all of that. So I decided to go and find him and track him down and square that thing away. And uh, so God used the movie Courageous for me to go and make him know that it's okay for him to be proud of me. And ever since then, we've been, we've been cool. Mm,
2: dude. So here's the, the here, here's what's cold-blooded about that. I know this ain't my podcast. It, is it is,
1: it is. it is right. today. It is today.
2: sometimes in setting a family legacy, God will use this child or the son to set it up for the parent. Like, yep. that's what's cold-blooded. It's like oftentimes you look for the parent to set the legacy, but in your case, god ignited the legacy like his legacy
1: through you yep i 100% agree with that and it's crazy because he'll he'll in so many different ways he'll he'll say stuff like that like now um i've done things that he didn't need to to how could i put this you know how he wants to he would never ask me for like send me some pictures of your your children so, you know, so like, because he feels like he's being pushy and he doesn't feel worthy of doing that. And I knew that's the thing that I had to crush and kill. Like, I had to, that, for me to know that he feels that way and do nothing about it, I can just see God not happy with that. And I'm like, what if he had done that to me? What if God had done that to me? What if Jesus had done that to me? So I started to, and I, and I kind of, I kind of know him over time. Cause I'm like, I, we are kind of cut from the same cloth. And I'm just like, Hey, what's your address? I want to send you some stuff. And so that's how you get pictures of my kids. Here's my book. Here's my this. Here's my that. And now um I never forget when he finally uh, I think when I honored him for Father's Day. That that's something that I had never done. And a few years back I honored him for Father's Day in front of everybody, and that I think from there on out he was cool because it's like if 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 he's showing the world that I'm his dad, then I should have no problem doing it now. You know, and yeah. so that really helped with healing for him. Something my dad always
2: told me, man, was he had a college professor and um the college professor told him, he would always tell the students this. Especially he said, he said, Gentlemen, let me tell you something. If you're not doing in life, if you're not doing better than your dad's then you're really not doing much. Yeah. And uh I know that I know that's not not necessarily biblical. Comedy is not, but then
1: somebody could make the argument that the lot of house should be great in the formal. I ain't mm-hmm. getting into all that. Right, exactly. But but but, but I, what I will say, my dad
2: said, he said, man, that's when the when the professor would say that, he would always think, Man, I got a responsibility. Not to necessarily outdo my dad, but I got a responsibility to carry this torch further. Mm -hmm. If my granddad, my granddad only had a third grade education, grew up in North Carolina. he had to get out of school to work the tobacco farm. So my dad knew that, all right, I got it. And my granddad hustled, like bought a house for his family and all that stuff. And they had a lot of kids. That runs in the family, by the way. So he was like, "Man, I got to do better than my dad. I got to get a great job. I got to get, you know, get an education."
0: And so my dad grew up telling me that, mm-hmm. and it gave me, you know, a sense of again, not not
2: an ungodly pressure, but like, yo, some a little a little nudge. Like, what am I doing? I got to make sure that I take this thing further. And now my dad would come to me. Sometimes I look at what my dad has done, and I'll think man am I really did I really take it further and my dad comes to me sometimes and say this which I don't like it makes me feel uncomfortable (laughs) he said my dad would say man
0: I just want you to know that you're doing stuff that I never would I never would have done I'm proud of you because you're outdoing me you're listening to the edify podcast network we'll be right back Welcome back.
1: This is Jason Earls. You can check him out www.jasonearls.com, and you can catch up with everything, Jason Earls. Man, the funny thing about what you just said is that my dad said the same thing. Now how I look at the look at the the, the twisted, cool irony there. I know the, the benchmarks are different, but the point is still the same that he would say something like that to me, that he's proud of the person that I've become and how God had to make it all right, using our situation for him to feel like that he can say that knowing he had absolutely nothing to do with it. But I always tell him like, well, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you and um, you know my mom. I'm like, so if for no other reason than you know, the Lord used you, I got to, I have to find a way to honor you. And that's kind of how dude, it goes. Yeah, dude, my
0: dad, my
2: dad will, in this in a similar case, but different. My dad would look at some of the, the creative biblical things that I'm
1: doing. Yeah.
2: And, you know, my dad, man, I grew up, you know, my dad would pray with us, cry with us, teach us Bible verses, taking us to church. But then there's, there's certain things that I learned about like a deep, biblical Christ centered legacy that I learned from just from the scriptures that my dad my parents didn't teach
0: me. Mm-hmm.
2: And so so my dad has seen me do those things. One time he had like, dude, where you learned that from? And I was like, you know, you kind of set it up for me, but I kind of, you know, do this, do that. Mm-hmm. And so my dad has seen those things and kinda like you say, I, I sensed the sense of like man, I kind of blew it. And what I what I told my dad is like, listen, dad, man, you can't feel bad. Because the engineers at Sony can't look at look back uh, at the early engineers of Sony and say, man, what were them jokers doing? They were so jacked up. <laughs> they came up right. with this black and white TV. They were sorry. <laughs> <laughs> if right. they would have done this, they could have come up with this uh
1: L C D, whatever. Right. And I'm like, man, I said, Dad, because of the early
2: engineers of Sony that made the black and white TV, now the new engineers are able to create all these new different TVs. Absolutely. And I'm like, that's what you've done. Like, you gave me a TV to work with. And through you and
1: God's divine grace and mercy has allowed me to take that black and white TV and make a plasma. Right. And now I say to my kids, like, yo,
2: it's a relay race. You passed baton to me. I'm a track dude. My dad was a track dude. I'm like, dad, you ran your race. And you ran one dog go good lap.
1: Exactly. By the now way, and then and, and think ahead. about it. Back, remember, back in the day, black and white TV was the bomb. Like, Absolutely. because you have to look at it. They did the best with what they had at the time. The key—that's the key. Now there was probably some some janky TVs that didn't do the best with what they had, and that's why I was like, "Do you got you had that that black and white, you know, crystal clear screen?" And because you didn't even you didn't even know that there was anything better. But for what everything for but for what we knew at the time. That was top of the line.
2: Do you remember? Do you remember when they came out with the color TV?
1: I do, and man. How
2: big the color TV was, and that, that was part of avatar. You get a color TV, right?
1: Like, woo! <laughs> right. And it was, and it was so heavy, man. They was, right. dude. I remember a thirty-two inch TV used to weigh like seven thousand pounds, man. It was huge, <laughs> but they did the best with what they had. That, that's a great point. And so it's funny when I look at it now. Like this, and this is a great transition into where we are now. the two, the The two different roads. First of all, let me just say, look at our two different roads, but then look at the two type of people that we are. And I always say that we ended up in the same place, and Absolutely. we had two totally different. and And all that does is highlight God, and it highlights purpose. Absolutely. We've always, regardless of what our dads have done, we've had we've had this the Heavenly Father. And so it, it debunks the whole thing. And that's what's funny, the essence of this conversation. It debunks the whole thing that according to statistics, you're supposed to you're gonna come out great because of your dad and your life. I we shouldn't even be having this conversation right now. I should be behind bars somewhere, uh, statistically, and by the 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 stigma that's that's out for people like me. However, there are so many kids that are in jail right now. With that had great dads, and there are so many people that are that kids are just being the next engineers in the world who had the the, the worst dads you can think of. So the 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 whole the whole thing now is like here we are, we're, we're dads, we got our children. You know, I have a son and a daughter. What I think about now, and, and what I hope all moms and dads out there, cause like I said, we're just two dads here. Um, but this is just about legacy. Period for your children, moms and dads. At the end of the day, there's one promise: one day, and let's just say all things equal, that that our kids don't go before us, because you know we, you know, there's plenty of kids bearing their parents these days. Let's just call it what all it right. is. But let's just say all things equal, we gonna check out before they do. If it just goes the way it should go, where, where everybody's healthy, we just check out. It is literally all about what you leave behind and what we're leaving these kids with. And I just know from my own experience, and you can talk about this with yours too. Me growing up. When I look at right now, obviously, and we don't have to beat a dead horse on this, but everybody knows we didn't have all the social media and all the different things and all that kind of stuff, the way the kids do now and everything else. But at the end of the day, what we do have is we all have external influences, just things from the outside that can control and influence how we shake, how we move. This is the one thing that I worry about because Satan got a lot more weapons than he had back when we were were, were little kids. And I just want to provide encouragement and tell people just a simple truth. This ain't no anecdotal type of thing. At the What it is, is Satan has influenced the music, the television, you know, the movies, the, all that stuff. And I'm just encouraging parents to just be involved. And this is coming from a cat who only had one parent for most of his life. It's just all about being involved right now and making sure you knowing, you know, how your kids are taking in life and processing life. Hit on that a bit because I know you are very involved in pretty much every aspect of your kid's life. Right. And
2: the, and the biggest question becomes, how in the world did I get to that point? And I was I would say this, man, I was I was reading a book called Tally of Fox, Mm-hmm. by Herb Hodges and uh, man he started asking the question like man do we know what vision is? Do we know what vision is? I got mad dude when I was reading the book I was like how are you going to challenge me if I don't know what vision is? <laughs> and what <when> I read, <laughs> But then I was like maybe I don't and so man the idea when you see when you see vision in Proverbs it says um, well there's no
0: vision the people perish mm-hmm. Vision, vision means the oracle of God what
2: God has said so where you don't know what God has said about raising children, then, then your children, you and your, your ways in raising your children run wild or unrestrained or perish. The idea is that, like in the Bible says, there was no king in Israel and everybody did what was right in their own eyes. Mm-hmm. When it comes to parenting, when we don't know what God has said, everybody's doing their best. That's right in their own eyes. It's like, yo, I'm doing the best I can. But sometimes your best might not line up to what God wants. Mm-hmm. So so the question comes, what has God said about raising children and being there for your children? And you see that in Deuteronomy six. Uh in verse first verse, verse four or five says Hear Israel, the Lord is your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. Now then it says this in verse 6. This is what I call algebra 1. These things I commanded you today shall be on your heart. That's algebra 1. There's no algebra 2 without algebra 1.
0: You just Mm -hmm, can't do mm -hmm. it. So then the algebra 2 is this. You shall teach them
2: diligently to your children and speak of them. So... You're not going to teach what God wants to your children in an effective way if it's not on your heart. God says, this stuff I commanded you should be on your heart. And then once it's on your heart, you will be effective. You will be able to effectively transfer the truth on the heart of your children. And when do you do that? When they lie down, when they rise up, when they're sitting in the house and when you're walking by the way. Here's God's standard, which is
0: difficult for all of us to make, especially if you got six kids. <laughs> yep.
1: That
2: there's no break in transferring the mindset that God wants your children to have. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yo. So at every waking moment, you should be molding your children's mind. Now, it doesn't mean you got to be weird with it. I would suggest that God, then in verse uh, verse eight and nine, tells us to be creative with it. Mm-hmm. And so it's got to be fun. It's got to be enjoyable. And so the ideas become like, yo, when, when, I, when if my children are listening or, or looking at a show or we looking at sports, that's us sitting in the house, then I've got to find biblical ways. And from me, it's like, how can I, in an enjoyable way, that's with wisdom, make it practical and enjoyable? So like, if we're watching the draft and we see something like, yo, so how would you handle it? If you were drafted, right? Like, man, how, like, how would you handle the money, man? I sure hope this dude making money. Or we see when they were little, when they were watching cartoons, I would talk the movies. I'm like, don't you do that? God, don't want you to do that. Or, <laughs> you know, or if it's uh, you know, if it's a girl about to get kissed with a, a dude is about to kiss a girl. I'm mm-hmm. like, you talk to your daddy. <laughs> 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 like, oh man, how's he, is that honor of God? Just coming up with fun ways.
1: Absolutely. To Absolutely. Jason Earls, www.jasondearls.com. My man calls himself, and I love this, familyologist. You know what I mean? Comedy. He, You can check out all his, his, his stuff on uh, his website, all his comedy stuff on on Instagram, Facebook, You know, YouTube, and he's uh, he's working on a, a comedy special as well. He'll let that cat out of, out of the bag when it's time to do that. But if you follow on what he's saying, this part that he just talked about, the key theme is he kept saying, we, 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 and that's me, him being present with his kids. That's the thing that is just the standout part is just about being present in the moment, being available and being around. Now, I didn't necessarily have that um, literally in proximity because my father wasn't there. But now I can talk about, you know, um, you know, my mom and my stepdad who who came into the picture uh, right around, I was about nine or 10 years old. But even then, you know, at that at that time, my 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 mother and father, uh, stepfather, they were they were not as present as they could have been. Um, And in the times of them not being present, I it's funny you use the term being creative. See, I got very creative and I wasn't a bad kid at all. My my parents will tell you that. But there were things that I would that I did that there is no way in the world I would let my kids do right now. So I just didn't yeah. know any better. And what I mean by that is, you talk about being present and creative. So see, I didn't have that. So what I did is I I, I made my own ways of, of doing things. So the things that I watch on TV, the music that I listen to and all of that, I'm sure you know what your kids listen to. I know what my kids listen to right now. But but my parents really didn't know what I listened to. And then even if they did, they they weren't very strict about it. So I had all the... The the explicit stuff. I had all everything. The cube, the pock, the just everybody, right? And at the oh, same man. time, I will watch those movies too. So you know, the Boys in the Hood, Minister Society, all that stuff. But brother, Harlem Nights. I saw Harlem Nights. I was I was like twelve. <laughs> so let's just let's just let's just go away. From, like just just that that don't paint the picture. We all know what Harlem Nights is like. I saw that when I was twelve. I saw Eddie Murphy Raw when I was thirteen. So it's like. The reason I'm bringing all this up is because by not being present and doing exactly what you were just talking about in those scriptures, see, I would mimic those. I would mimic the stuff that Eddie Murphy would say. You know, I would I would mimic the stuff that Ice Cube would do in the movie Boys in the Hood. And I'm not I'm, I'm not going to telegraph my book. You know, I got a book coming out, but I talk about a situation that nearly got me killed acting like Ice Cube pulling out a gun because in the neighborhood that I live in, that stuff will get you killed. But I was playing around with my friend with a BB gun that looks real. And it just so happened that a little while later, the cops came to my house to to uh, address the situation. And I was playing around with that gun. Now, I don't need to tell you what would happen had I opened up the door because the cops came to my house. Had I opened up the door with that BB, BB gun, we wouldn't be having this conversation, bro. Absolutely. But I, but I got all of that from all of that. It's just from the type of music that I would listen to. I listen to gangster rap a lot. I watched, you know, those type of hood movies all the time. And just at the end of the day, if, if I think about that now, if I was present and if I was being creative and I was being biblically sound, those Satan wouldn't be able to use those tools to have because I was cussing and just doing everything. You know what I mean? And so it's so just, was I, yeah. So it's about being present, man. It's just that is that is just so important. But again, not much has changed when we look at right now, 2021. It's just new rappers or, and I don't even want to focus and, and mess with the rappers. It's just new music, new artists, new movies, new scripts, New, but it's the same type of influential stuff. And while I'm, and while I'm at it, let me just say, I you hear me bringing up these artists and I'm and I'm and I'm name dropping, you know, the stuff that we used to listen to, you know, Master P, Pac, Cube, all of that. This is no knock on them as human beings, you know. I haven't I haven't met them personally, I have no judgment on them or anything like that. This is just simply to say that at my age, you know, I'm you know, nine, 10, 12, I shouldn't have been listening to their music, period. It's not. It's not something that, you know, kids should be listening to, you know, I mean, even as an, as an adult, you know, it's not something that I would listen to because of the language and all of that. But back then I, I enjoyed it. I, I'd be a hypocrite to sit up here and say I didn't grow up on that stuff. That's all he's listened to. But, I, but if I had to do over and if I was guided a little bit better, I'd just be like, at my age, no way I should be listening to those guys at that point. You know, uh, even some of the female uh, rappers and stuff like that, just with the foul language and the sexy stuff. Just, that I'm too young for that stuff, you know. Um, and the movies, you know, like I said, I, I, I was just too, way too young to even to be involved in that. But that's kind of what I'm getting at in terms of being present. And we got to be present to make sure that we're guiding what our kids are consuming, man. I, I always say... In football, and this is you, you understand sports analogies. You can be the fastest, strongest, smartest, like all of that stuff on the football field. But if somebody hits you in the head and give you a concussion, your speed don't matter. Your strength don't matter. Your thought process, none of that matters. And all it took is a one well-timed hit to your head because the head controls everything. Who cares how fast you are when you're unconscious? So that's why players be headhunting. It's the same thing with Satan, man. When he gets your head, when he get, when he, if he can influence the way you think, then your whole thought process about your music or your movies or your, you'll start compromising. You don't. If he can get you thinking his way, you start making those compromises. And we need to be there to guide our kids, these growing minds, man. So that's why I love what you just said about um, everything in Deuteronomy and just you know that those scriptures just about. It's all about being present and doing it God's way to help with this. Dude,
2: and, and I would say, I would say this, man, that, man, you know, like the stuff that we went through, like, I man, my I, I was horrible with relationships. and had a dad who modeled how to love a woman in front of me through my mom. But, you know, I, I was sneaking. I always say, man, Bill Biv DeVoe were my youth pastors. You
1: know? <laughs> right. <laughs> yep, yep. So, and LL Cool J. Yep, Joe so, like, to see all of that.
2: Music, like, really, like, you know, that's what Satan used to kind of draw my heart away from the Lord. Right. But, but I, I would say, you know, sometimes people say, man, like, what we had, kids today, they got different stuff. I say it's the same thing. It just comes at them faster. Like, I'm like, so... You played D one football mm-hmm. when you were in like from when you went to high school. Was there a difference from your like playing playing football your senior year in high school? What was the difference? You say when you stepped on the collegiate field?
1: Oh, for sure. This is on every level. It's gonna be the speed of the game.
2: Just, so, and that's what I'm saying. So, for these kids, they got the same stuff coming at them that we did, but it's
0: just faster mm-hmm. it's like going from from rec football to to
2: college or, or professional so kids still battle the stuff that we have but now that they have the phones and instagram and it's like
1: they get the same stuff but it's at warp speed the sure show is
2: and so now we got to prepare them i i recognize now that my kids are gonna face stuff at a speed that i didn't prepare them for. However, I know that God has allowed me to set a framework in their mind, so when that stuff comes at them fast, they kind of recognize the game, right? And can make and can make the adjustments on their.
1: That's own. That's what I was fast. about to say. Sticking with that example, I got to college, and the speed was faster. But dude, that's when I went from a four five to a four four. I just got yes, faster. She's like, I, you know, this is a whole different thing, and then. You start weightlifting, you know, I went from 175 to 195. I been I went from bench pressing like one something. I don't even know what it was in high school. I didn't even care about lifting. But by the time I was a senior in college, I was benching four ten. So it's like once you you see what you're dealing with, it's just like, okay, you know, and then I had good coaches to help me adapt to that. That's to your point. Is but again there's, there's a, there's, you have a, a leadership presence to get you ready. Just imagine if, if no one addressed my speed issue, if no one addressed my strength issue, but then just threw me in the game. That's just like we can't, you know, throwing our kids in the game of life with, with no spiritual strength, with no, you know, scripture guidance, with no leadership, with no, and then they got to go play the game. That wouldn't work on no football field. It for sure ain't going to work in the game of life either. Dude, and that's so good. And, 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 when you
2: say the coaches, what I think about is that's is, that's why it's so important to pray for those who are around our kids, and actually and kind of be involved and kind of know about them. Mm-hmm. And um, so I I love when God places other strong people around who add to the Christ in the legacy. That he's called us to be with our kids. Terry, man, Terry and I, we, we cannot express the people enough. I just told one lady, uh, my daughter asked us to go to a Bible study. And when I went to pick her up, the lady was commenting on just how my daughter added value to this, to the Bible study. Mm-hmm. And I looked, I looked at that woman in the eye and said, and I tell you how much of an answer prayer to you, that you are it's we pray that as we've raised our kids according to God's blueprint and we're the forming that God has placed in building these kids we got to make sure that everybody else who comes to the shop or on the construct construction ground they understand the blueprint or can
1: model what we know that the br- blueprint supposed to do in building our kids Man, you, you just hit on something that helps us transition to the last part of this. And it's probably the saddest part of it, but I was going to talk about this uh, last week, but I did. I took a week off from the podcast, and I'm glad that I did because I let everything kind of die down. But I was just talking about this with my family. And tonight, I'm not, I'm not even going to get into the whole story and say the young lady's name because everybody is going to know what I'm talking about. But the young lady, uh, the, 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 the young the young teenage girl who got shot and killed... Um, in the police situation, I know everybody's focusing on the police and the injustice, and that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day. I was looking at something completely different, and this is what I was take, talking to my kids about because that's 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 the easy topic to talk about, and everybody's saddened by it. It really broke my heart the whole thing. But rather than just simply focus on the, the you know wh- who was in the right or the wrong or black cop white cop, all is just all the injustices. What I was doing was looking at the environment. That she was in. I was looking at all the kids that were around her. You just talked about knowing who your kids are with and knowing, you know, their families and their moms and all the different things. And when I looked at that scenario, and I and I and I have the right to talk about this. And, and I I I always I was I was when I knew I was gonna talk about this, I was like, I would dare somebody challenge me on this because I grew up in a hood. Uh, I was raised by the hood. I was in it and, and and I had the right to talk. When I say that 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 the hood and the environment It's part of the issue and part of the problem. When I looked at the environment and I saw everybody kind of hanging out and just everybody's fighting and no one doing anything. I even saw one dude actually kick a girl on the ground. You know, like (sighs) when you look at your environment and look at around, I'm just like, this is what I'm getting at. When I heard one person say that, while there is a there may be a police problem. And again, I don't want to get into that. Because people don't talk about this in a rational way, so that's why I don't even address those types of topics, man. I I I, right. I I use prayer and action to deal with that. But with this, what people ain't talking about, one person I heard say that the not only did the system may may have failed this young lady, but the neighborhood failed this young lady. The environment failed this young lady. Because why are everybody sitting up there watching these people fight? Why, why you got it? Why you got a young dude kicking another girl on the ground? Why you got, see, it's all fun and games until somebody gets shot or killed or something like that. And so what I was talking to my children about is this, when you see a situation like that, first of all, I will hope that I've raised you in such a way where you wouldn't even feel comfortable in that environment for one. For two, if you see things escalating into this way, you're going to be like, you know what? This is my cue to leave. You know, it's just. And, and 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 all your friends shouldn't be the type that like where you're hanging around guys that like punching on girls or girls that like fighting each other or and I'll you listen to the music and you listen to the language and you listen to all the environment I said, man, I grew up in a neighborhood like this for uh nineteen years of my life, you know, and no one was there to tell me that this isn't the right place for me or coaching me up in such a way where I wouldn't even feel comfortable in that environment. It was the exact opposite for me. I was comfortable in that environment. And this doesn't look down on anybody because like I said, I'm qualified for this. I raised, I was raised in the hood. I wouldn't want nobody to look down on me. I'm not looking down, but, but what I will tell you is all that the people I grew up with, and I still know a lot of them, we would say ourselves that, man, we was failing each other. And then about five or six of, of us aren't even alive right now. The, much the same way that that young lady got killed. And, 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 and we used to hear gunshots all the time. I had to drive by, I'd go right through my house. So I'm qualified to talk about it. And so the point that I'm making is I was just telling my kids, I was like, if I had it to do all over again, or I, like, I, I, I told my daughter, I said, I wish that young lady, I wish you was her friend. I wish you was her friend. Right. Because I know someone like you may have said, let's not go there. I know someone like you may have said, let's, they, 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 they getting crazy. Let's go home or something like that. Where was her friends like that? You know, where's that aunt, that uncle, that just whatever is what I started thinking about because I know I was wild and because I didn't have that. So I was really studying the environment. Every clip I watched, I watched the environment. And I'm just like, that is something that I'm really praying about that we can it ain't just about getting laws changed or whatever. It's literally about, you know, that family unit and the people that are around our children making sure their mindset is right making sure their family circle is right and at the end of the day if something bad happened you can say i did the best that i could in terms of you know my relationship with christ my guidance for my kids and you don't let them become a product of the environment without you having some input and some say so with that that was just huge
2: Absolutely, and and I would say I would add to that, or man and just and just say, man, when you like, let's look at it through the character of God, mm-hmm. and one of one of the godly attributes is that God is holy, and because we serve a holy God, we we also know that our God, He's just, mm-hmm. and and our holy God, automatically there's a disgust towards things that are aren't like Him. Mm-hmm. and what are those things that aren't like him that uh, you can go through I just wish everybody looked at looked at all of it the same it's like yo let's not if you're going to pick one thing that doesn't match the holiness of God don't try to disqualify the other stuff or ignore the other stuff that doesn't match the holiness of God mm-hmm. what I'm saying is and that, that what you're saying is like yo like what you saw in that piece is man like a guy kicking a girl mm-hmm. That's that. Uh, that's offensive to a holy God. Mm-hmm. Just like you know, I, God is God is. It bothers or it doesn't match the holiness of God when when there's this unjustified
1: murder. You know, mm-hmm. and the, the sad thing about it for me is that, dude, from my understanding, the girl was in foster care, dude. The right, right,
2: right. And I'm like, yo, like the, just like the broken structure there. That of her own natural birth family had whatever the circumstances were, and then she went into a you know around people
1: who ju- who you know who did not enforce exactly the kingdom
2: of godly le-
1: legacy exactly like man that's and that's what I'm getting at. It's like it doesn't and it, and again that's why I don't even want to focus on the the whole police shooting and all that. I think mean, oh, we all can gosh, see that for what it is. But I love where you're going. Cause that's my whole point. This is where you rewind and just look at everything. I like to focus on everything before she even has that encounter, you know. And that's what, and that's, and that, like, right now, you know, my, like, if if we could, re, re, I guarantee you, and this is how you know, if people can have any kind of do overs, everybody's gonna be thinking about whether that, whether the cop shows up or not. What can what can I do with my baby? That ensures that regardless of how other people are, they're not going to be in a situation where they can they contribute to it in any way, shape or form. And I got to play my role and and I got to play my role in this because Absolutely. that's what that's what gets me, man. You know, um, so. Can I, can, I add, can I add a sentence to that? Oh, for sure. Uh, question to that. For sure. The
2: ultimate question is, man, like, because some people will look at that who don't have the experiences in the neighborhoods that we grew up in and can, and can kind of become a little bit like, see, don't act like those folks from, you know, from, from the hood. But the ultimate question is what does the holiness of God look
0: like for you in teaching your kids how to avoid situation? Cause mm-hmm. you can tell your kids to
2: like, make sure you don't hit anybody, but it's like, yo, what does the character of Christ look like for your kid? Your kid might not be, you know, slapping somebody, trying to stab somebody, but your kid could be hating somebody femininely in their heart. And Jesus said,
1: "Yo, that's that, that's wrong, that, that's exactly. Enough. Yeah, exactly. Don't be focusing. Don't be focusing on those outward, those outward visible sins. What about those inner ones in the heart? You know, it's a man looks at the exterior, the exterior, but God looks at the heart. And you, you, are, and all of that was present in that picture, man. You, you, you could you see." I, bro I didn't even have to be there in that environment she was in and I know that environment i I 19 Absolutely, years bro. of that environment I say,
2: dude I would say man but the grace of God that I wasn't in that situation because I've been I, I've been in similar things like that in the neighborhood but I didn't have a knife we've been there've been some kicking there've been some fighting I'm like yo Lord only by your grace man. That one not Jay Earl's.
1: Right. That's what I was saying. I, I told you what happened with me. You know, I I've I yeah. been I had been i been I've been in two fights when I was out you know when I was a kid, drive by through my house, police showed up at my door with guns blazing, you know, just all kinda of drugs, gangs, all of that, every single day out late so at night, 3 a.m. Just That's why you play them roles so good, though. <laughs> hey, you just, you know, you. it's funny. It's funny. It, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you joking, but that's part of my testimony. I was talking about how God, how God straight up, I because I tell the testimony about how I hated my childhood for a lot of it, but God repurposed that thing because when they told, when they showed me that role and I was like, dude, I know that guy. Let me just say to
2: everybody who's, <laughs> who's listening, like, KC is one of my closest friends, and sometimes when we're together, I'm like, you don't even know this. I, I, I look at you like
1: that's the same dude that played there. <laughs> Dang, he did that, like- <laughs> man. Man, listen, I knew that TJ dude. I, I I knew that TJ dude. 19 years of my life, man. I probably saw the TJ character every single day, and I know, and I knew his whole angles. I know, and when they told me the whole point is to make people hate the guy and to show that if you won't love your kids and you won't get involved in their life, there's a guy like TJ who would l- gladly uh, allow Satan to help him do it for you. And i never no, forget that line. That line, TJ said, listen, you family now. And in my neighborhood, that's all they used to do. They, they'll sell drugs and give you the money, help you look fresh, help you look... And just straight be ruining your life. The funny thing about it is they be thinking they doing you a favor. Like they really... And that just goes to show the level... At, at where their heart is, they be really thinking that you know they be Robin hood, hood, you know, like you know a lot of people think Robin Hood's a good dude. Man, that brother is stealing, <laughs> but because he give it to the poor, you kind of give him a pass. And that's the same thing in my neighborhood, man. The drug dealers in some cases was like you know the neighborhood heroes because they would make all that money and then try to take care of these little kids. But you can see. The, the the problem here, man. But I I saw the TJ character. <laughs> I grew up so that was man. That was just straight up mimicking nineteen. I listen. I went to acting school nineteen years to play TJ. Let's put it that way. That let's put it that way. I, I saw TJ for nineteen years. So was, that was my first acting class. Was watching the gangsters right. in the neighborhood, man. But but at and, the end of the day, and,
2: and like you doing that, there's some cats who can do the white collar character white collar crime characters
1: just as good just as good just I as good did that too. <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> brother you you will never see him coming man you will never see him coming <laughs> brother listen it's funny there there's a lot there's a lot that we could really dive into um with this man and we might even have to do uh a, a, we got to revisit this because You know, are we are never gonna stop being dads. We're never gonna stop being moms. There will never stop being kids who need us to invest in them and be present and be involved in their life. But I just my whole thing I hope that people got from this this podcast and listening to what you said and what I said is that they just know to just care. Just care and know that this is not it shouldn't even be a choice, man. That's a responsibility that we have in scripture to take care of our children and don't waste a day because you know, that, that James four, 13 and 14 is just deep. You never know when your time is up. Life is but a mist. What are you doing with your mist of time? If you took, if you took a bottle of water and sprayed it, look how fast that mist come and go. There's a reason scripture uses that to compare it. And of that quick mist, you don't even know how much of that you get. Cause there's no guarantee you're going to live out to be a hundred. You know, you, it could be tomorrow. So at the end of the day, how are you investing in your children? I, ho- I hope everything that we were talking about caused you to look at them differently, if you haven't already, or this is affirming for you. If you're like, if you're like, this is what I've already been on. And as far as time, that's that's the one thing that you have that you just cannot waste. You can't, it, you don't get it back. You can't refill your time tank. So these kids need us. They need you. They need us to, like I said, raise them up and pass that baton in a, in the right way. So. I hope this was a blessing to you. I want to thank my boy. Like I said, this is this is this is my guy. And, and again, even with that, just how we can hold each other accountable. If he if he ever saw me, you know, tripping on my children, I would hear about it, and vice versa. So that's Absolutely. that's the other thing that's important, man. So I want to thank you, Jay, for hanging with me today, man.
2: Hey, bro. Thank you, man. And and I hope everybody sees in this relationship. That even on your best date, you still need other people, man. So if you got questions, make sure you hit TC up. Uh, you know, hit hit me up. Just don't don't do this thing alone.
1: Absolutely. You need to learn from other people. Absolutely. So I appreciate you, boy. Oh, for sure, man. Jason Earls, www.jasonearls.com. He's funny. Yeah, I'm sure y'all see that already. You can check him out on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube. Follow everything that he's doing. And this is a brother that you want to see win. I always like to see people who are just sold out for Christ win. Because we, we got it rough because we, we we do it in an uncompromising way. There's a lot of ways to rise to the top. When you do it God's way, there's a lot of promises in Scripture that say that can be a rough road. But that road is purposeful. And we we, we will take that because for every bump, there's a God that lifts you over it. And ain't even worried about it. And I'm proud that this brother does it right. And uh, like I said, one, I love him. One of my best friends. And I'm glad he came on. I knew, I knew, I said, I knew to hit him up and we didn't plan this at all. I just knew to hit him up and and he ain't have to write nothing. This is all just organic off, just off the heart, you know, and, um, and you see what you end up with. You just end up with great, great wisdom, great truth, and just keep it real, man. Great father, great husband, and a good friend. So thanks, man. I really appreciate you. Now I can go to Costco. (laughs) <laughs> that's the one thing he put, put on for me there it is so listen man thank you and um say hello to your family for me and uh, for everybody else out there remember check out Justin. nurse keep him in your prayers pray for this brother to continue thank to you. just rise up and uh, keep making people laugh and doing comedy with a purpose man and loving families that the way that he does all right we will see y'all next time on the next tcs live show
0: Thanks for listening to TCS Live with TC Stallings on the Edify Podcast Network. Tune in next time for another powerful exploration of faith and life. And for more must-hear podcasts, download the Edify Podcast app on the Apple and Google Play stores or at edify.app.